The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost-Busting Mystery Episode 17 Chapter 17 When we arrived under the covered bridge an hour later, Junior's Harley was sitting in a sunny spot with a handwritten for-sale sign hung over the handlebars. It looked fine, red and shiny like an apple. Behind the Harley, a footpath led down through the weeds to the muddy river's edge. We could see the better part of a car parked down by the river. Someone looked to be camping, which wasn't odd. The odd part was the car. It was a purple gremlin with white stripes. I hadn't seen one of those since the 70s, when the high school Spanish teacher from Indiana State had tooled around town in one the same color. The thing looked like a sawed-off station wagon, or a clown car. Whoever rode in the back seat had to ride with their knees poked into their chest. All through the 70s, people like me suffered to high heaven in the name of better gas mileage. Always felt to me like I was rattling around strapped to a roller skate. I had a second cousin who had a wreck playing chicken in a gremlin out on Highway 50 near Crane Hill. They power-washed what was left of him off the asphalt. The hatchback on this one was open. A white canvas tent had been puckered around the back. A clothesline was strung between two trees, with a pair of T-shirts and some man's boxer underpants fluttering on it. A cold campfire lay at the side of the gremlin. Vini squinted as we got out of the Impala. That a gremlin? Appears to be. Always thought them cars were so dang cute. You're short and trendy. You would. A boy popped out of the weeds by the gremlin. He was riding a rusty girl's banana seat bicycle a size too big for him. The seat was sparkly and spotted pink. I recognized the little fellow as Pooter Johnson. He was maybe 11 years old and infamous as the up-and-coming entrepreneur of Nobby Waters. Every Monday, he hung out in the parking lot outside the Hoosier feed bag, selling bags of produce that fell from the harvest trucks. He was wearing dark aviator sunglasses with fat chrome rims, cut-off jean shorts, and no shirt. His hair, the color of a field mouse, was home-buzzed and full of scalp nicks. He spun to a stop in the sand in front of us, almost popping the Velcro closures on his yellow high-tops. Vini whispered to me, I think he thinks he's Tom Cruise in Top Gun. I was thinking more like Pooter was stuck with his sister's hand-me-down bicycle and maybe sunglasses, too. He had four older sisters, two which were famous for sitting on the steps out in front of Pokies sucking on pop bottles. Their mom, who was a kind and decent woman and head waitress at the Roadkill Cafe, 
was constantly running around town trying to round up him and his sisters, keep them all headed in some direction other than prison, where their daddy had an executive timeshare. You got to admire that little fart's hustle, said Vini as Pooter hopped off the bike and tossed it in the weeds. Having to ride around town with a big sparkly pink banana between his legs, a lot of little boys would just lay down and cry. Pooter spat at the sand as he sauntered toward us. One of you, Hog Mama? She is, I pointed to Vini. Yeah, that's me, said Vini. That there the hog you're selling? Depends. You got cash money? Depends. You got a pink slip? He spat again. That's some kind of remark about my bicycle? Or my manhood? No, I said. A pink slip is an ownership slip. When you sell a vehicle, you sign the slip over to the buyer so we can register it for a new license plate. The hog ain't mine. I'm just the sales agent. He strolled around the motorbike. It appears it ain't got no plates. Why not? I asked. But they plumb fell off, I reckon. He crossed his arms. I was having a hard time seeing Pooter climb onto and navigate a Harley, and I'd never known him to steal anything outright. He was more of an honest opportunist, trying to make a buck as best he could. His claim that he was the sales agent struck me as about right. That your camp down yonder? I asked. He glanced over his shoulder. Why you asking? Haven't seen a gremlin like that in a long time. Maybe we want to buy that too. Pooter squinted at me. It ain't for sale. Look, Granny, I'm trying to make a living. You want to buy this hog or not? Cause, like, I got another guy coming. Maybe two or three. This ain't the big lots. We don't do layaway. Of course, we didn't have $3,000. We had maybe $3 in chump change between us in the Impala's ashtray. I thought for a moment. Okay, look, we're going to get the cash, but we got to drive back to town, the bank. Hit the ATM. It'll take us about 20 minutes, okay? Vini looked at me like I was crazy. Come on, hog mama. I pulled on her sleeve. Let's get the dough. Vini followed me back to the Impala. I started the car. <laughs> it smoked like a chimney. Pooter yelled after us. Hey, Granny, your car's on fire. You might want to have a mechanic take a look at that. I waved at him out the window as I cut a donut and headed toward town. <laughs> a hundred feet down the road, I cut down the pull-off to the Moonglow Motor Lodge. I idled in the pull-off for a while. What in the high heavens are you doing? asked Vini. We don't have three thousand dollars, and you know that's Junior's bike. I have a notion whoever stole that bike is camping in that gremlin. So? So we got to sneak back, take a look at that campsite. I didn't have to say that again. Vini popped out of the Impala and started through the weeds the back way along the riverbank to the Gremlin camp. The campfire at the Gremlin site was cold, 
filled with charred driftwood. There was a stinking pile of fish heads close to the fire pit. Green flies buzzed over the pile in a cloud. The only other thing moving was the dancing men's underpants in the breeze from the river. The camper had rigged up a rope and pulley in the sycamore trees. A large black plastic garbage bag hung in a ball from a high tree limb. The camper had hoisted up his dry food store to keep the varmints from stealing it. A bobcat had been sighted slinking around the river bottoms. Anybody with any sense and camping experience would have protected the dry food. The gremlin was unlocked. Vini slid into the front seat, passenger's side, and popped open the glove compartment. What's in there? I asked. A registration? Nah, she said. She pulled her hands out of the glove compartment. They were filled with crumpled tissues, a wad of disposable blue plastic gloves, and a book of paper matches from Pokies. Just junk. And a harmonica. The harmonica was nice, an old one made of silver and copper. I leaned into the car. It smelled like an ashtray, and it was filthy. Crushed beer cans, cigarette and doobie butts, a bait-and-tackle box, a couple of cheap Zebco fishing poles and reels, a fishing net, candy bar wrappers, dirty clothes, and lots of nudie magazines. Jugs, really big jugs, and farm girls with jugs. I think he has a type, I said to Vini. The ripped back seat had been flipped down. An air mattress took up the back. Mountains of blankets and ratty old quilts were heaped on top of the mattress. The tent was puckered out over that. Vini eyed the mess. Who you reckon lives here? Not Martha Stewart, I said as I held up an unbelievably dirty athletic sock. Hey, called Vini from outside the car. Looky here at this. I crawled out of the gremlin and walked over to the shady side of the car next to the river. Several empty plastic ice bags lay in the mud with the words Moon Glow Motor Lodge printed in blue on the side. These were scattered alongside a wheeled blue plastic cooler. I was a little afraid to open the cooler. Vini, on the other hand, flipped it right open. What's in there? Vini thrust her hands into an icy slush and held up a dripping white plastic bag. The label on the side read, Mystery Meat. Think we found Pokey's thief, Vini said. Just then, Pooter Johnson popped up in the weeds at the edge of the campsite. Hey, get out of there, he cried. You don't want to be messing with this stuff, you old ladies crazy or what? Vini sauntered up to Pooter. We came back with the dough, but you were gone. No way. I've been here waiting for you. I was up there waiting for you. Been right here the whole time. Well, we got the dough. But first we want a test drive. How we know that hog runs? Pooter looked suspicious. Vini ignored him and traipsed up the path toward the Harley. 
Pooter raced after her. I did the same. She started inspecting the bike. I'd be buying this here bike for my boyfriend. It run good? Course it does. I don't sell no junk. Start it up, said Vini. Show me the money, said Pooter. Look, snot nose, I'm old, and it makes me cranky. You don't want to get your ass whooped, you start up that hog so I can see it run, or else I'm calling your mama and telling her where you are and what you're doing. Pooter sulked. Okay, keep your giant granny panties on. He mounted the bike and keyed it. It roared to life. He wrestled the kick down and left it running. It did run smoothly, but then Junior was fussy about his ride. Vini straddled the bike. She practically had to run and jump to make the mount. For a minute, I thought the whole thing was going to crash down on her, but next we both knew she was spinning out of the sand. She roared out and onto the gravel road, the bike lurching and screaming. She looked like a fat Cupid doll turned evil Knievel. What the heck? called Pooter as he ran after her. Gosh darn it! Gosh darn it to hell! He stomped in the sand. You come back here! Hey! He said, turning red-faced to me. Your lady friend stole my hog! Oh, hey! You want me to call the police and report it? Pooter turned redder and sputtered more. I left him like that and went smoking toward town after Vini. But not before I memorized the license plate on the gremlin and texted Boots to look up the car owner's registration for me. (laughs) 